Mining. The debate's been raging for about 15 years since Australian mining company Mineral Commodities started mining titanium from the dunes of Golobeni on the Wild Coast. Now, residents of the area worried about losing their homes and grazing lands and the environment being damaged. Attorney Richard Spoor has been at the forefront of efforts to protect the land and the people from the harmful effects of mining. He joins us on the line now. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for your time on the program today. I know it's taken a, a very long time indeed. How are you feeling after this outcome today? This is a very, very good judgment. Um, there are aspects that still need to be clarified, but it's an enormous advance on the situation up till now, which has been a, a perception on the part of everybody concerned that mining companies, once they've been awarded a mining right, are entitled as of law to go onto the land and to start mining with or without the consent and agreement of the community. And this judgment of the Constitutional Court, which relates to a community in the northwest province, uh, but which has direct application to the Kolobeni situation and where the Kolobeni community was heard as a friend of the court, is really, really important for them as well. So um, we're hopeful that this will put paid to the mining on the wild coast. So, so Richard, gets, give us a sense of this. What rights do communities living in that area, uh, which certain companies are trying to, to uh, essentially, uh, I don't want to use the word invade, but, is, but to enter in order to, to mine in that area? Well, what sort of rights do the communities have before any kind of mining actually takes place? Right. So um, these communities have lived, these people, these families, um, this community have been living on this land for many, many generations. Um, we've been saying that mining on this land will be extremely harmful. It will cause great damage, not only material damage, loss of land and houses, but also huge damage to their cultural, social and economic lives. The links between them, the family relationships, the history will be destroyed. The mining company's attitude has been, look, we uh, have been awarded a right, or the minister's going to award us a right. We can come there, we can go, we can start mining, and whatever harm and loss you suffer, we will sort out on another day and another time. Um, the court has said now that, no, it doesn't work like that. First of all, you need to reach an agreement on issues around compensation, and you need agreement that you're going from the land rights holders that they will consent to this mining. If there is no agreement on the compensation issue before mining commences, and if there is no agreement that the mining can proceed on their land and the community doesn't consent, there is a, a pretty substantial wall that's now been put in place to prevent the mining companies from, from just proceeding. You know, our experiences in, in, in Lapopo and in other areas has been that once a mining right is awarded, the mines come onto the land with bulldozers quite literally, and, you know, I've been in situations where our clients are just being bulldozed and pushed out the way oh. by police, by security guards and heavy machinery and their lands and their livelihoods utterly destroyed. This is going to stop that. This is going to compel proper engagement, proper consultation. And what is really important is it will, it will force mining companies to deal with the actual costs. You know, on the wild coast, we're talking about 22 kilometers Mm. Of, of of coastal zone. It's irreplaceable. It's invaluable. Right. Yeah. 
And we have this Australian mining company that wants to come in and mine on the cheap. I mean, their plan, quite frankly, is to move all these people and dump them in RDP houses somewhere in land in a little unsustainable village and offer them a few thousand rands for their, their, their inconvenience. And that is the pattern that we've seen to date. Now, this judgment marks an end to that. And, and that's why it's so important for us. You know, this is now, it's now up to us, of course, to, to, to um, give effect to this judgment and to ensure that, that that doesn't stop communities entering into really bad and really harmful deals with mining companies. Yes. But it does create the opportunity for, for communities have the right and the power now to negotiate good fair agreements if they probably if they are properly supported. Richard, I must just ask you about whether this law can be or this ruling can be applied retrospectively. So we know there are already existing miners in the company who've come in from other countries and who've described, who've done exactly what you've just described. Um, yeah. You know, gone into these communities, got the wealth out, left them in, in a terrible state and are still present and working in those communities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does, does their modus operandi change now that the law has stipulated this? You know, the mining companies will always try try their luck. Um, they are always going to try and negotiate quick, cheap, mean agreements with communities, and that has been the pattern. A lot of the time, you know, as in this Northwest case, they went to the chief. Um, the chief called his people who don't live on the affected land, and they passed a resolution and said, happy days, you can come onto the land and mine. The Minister of Land Affairs signed a lease with the mining company and said, no, by all means, come onto the land and mine. Um, the people who weren't consulted, though, were those who, who lived on the land and who have, you know, uh, well, in this particular case, who had actually bought that land um, more than 100 years ago. So that, this is a very interesting thing indeed, because we also know, and, and this is perhaps part of, of what you've just spoken about, uh, you sometimes end up in a situation where part of the community is against mining and uh, another part of the community seems to favor it because they believe there'll be great economic benefits. Uh, yes. how, how do communities in that situation compromise on whether mining is going to go ahead or not? That um, is a, a very important question. Our view is that the the people that need to be consulted are the land rights holders. That is the people who actually live on and who use the land. And the community may be bigger and broader than that, but the people whose consent is required are those whose land it is. So we say that if you're not living on that land, if you're not using that land, if you're living in a village nearby, even under the same chief um, and part of the same community, that doesn't give you the right to say, we agree to mining. You must consult the people who will be directly affected by the loss of their land. Thank you so much for explaining that to us. Uh, So simply Richard Spoor, Chief Executive Officer at Richard Spoor Incorporated.